Hello and welcome again to the Ministry of Geek. I'm Richard F. And I'm at Richard S. Ah, hey, we're at episode five, everybody. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, one thing we really wanted to do was say thanks to all our listeners. We've got a lot of listeners at the moment, by the looks of things. We have, because we've been poring over the stats <laughs> endlessly, day in, day out, trying yeah. to understand our Apple ranking, haven't we? Yeah, and it's actually looking pretty good. And we have listeners and raters and reviewers and all those kinds of people yeah. to thank for that. So thank you very much. Um, I think we're getting kind of quite good word of mouth, uh, or word of something anyway. Uh, and we're not paying for it. No, so it's that's, good. that's really it's good. good. Uh, there is a little bit of housekeeping we want to do, which is we want to remind, well, we actually want to let people know that we're going to move the blog. Uh, for all five people that have actually ever bothered to go to the blog, we just want to let you know that we're moving it from Blogger and Blogspot to WordPress. Uh, so the URL will now be theministryofgeek.wordpress.com. But we'll update it in the RSS feed as well f- uh, for the podcast. And uh, everything from iTunes should just stay the same through the magic of technology, I believe. Fantastic. Yeah. So what have you been geeking out with, uh, Richard, in the last couple of weeks? Remember, this is a, oh yeah, remember this is a fortnightly uh, podcast, so all those people that tried to download an episode last week, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. the, thing I, the thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about Apple TV. You know, oh, you know, I love talking about Apple, Richard. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, the thing about this is, you know, it was really, it's been slated by the, the technology press because as, as they tend to do, it's kind of like, well, there's just nothing that exciting about this new Apple TV. And they're right because the, the technology press seemed to want it to have exciting things. So it needs to have a camera, you know, it needed to <laughs> have camera. LEDs, probably needed to be able to make phone calls, maybe some sort of Skyping. Coffee. And then they, yeah. then they would have been excited. But I think this is a this is a classic case of Apple saying, what do people actually really need this device to mm. really do? Um, and let's just make sure we can do that and do that well. I think it is, it's obviously, I think it's a play for, you know, internet-based TV and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but, you know, I thought that the device kind of, was kind of nice because they brought the price down a lot over the original device. Um, What's it going for in New Zealand? 169 169 it? I think, yeah. which is kind of interesting because we've talked about this in the past in which you said um, the, the conversion rate of Apple prices is usually yes. US dollars yes, to New good. Zealand dollars. and. This is a bit more, which suggests to me that actually in the US they're probably subsidising it a little bit, little bit like a PlayStation Three or yeah. a, a, yep. to try it because they want to own that that um, internet TV space. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed, but I'm not surprised. I was hoping they'd provide uh, maybe some apps or ability to load apps because uh, for me the the killer app would be the, the Air Video. Uh, application that I run on my iPhone and my iPad, and basically from that I could stream all the media that I've got um, to my television. I'm not at all interested in buying or hiring or renting stuff from iTunes. I've never done that. Only uh, I've only ever been a music purchaser, but not a video purchaser. So uh, yeah, I thought about that, and you know, again, a lot of the criticism was that it didn't have apps. But at the end of the day, the the kind of the 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 app store that they have today is very much reliant on a device that you can tilt and that you can touch. Sure. And, you know, I found that the TV is very awkward to tilt. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> it, is, it is. It's yeah. dangerous. Mm. And, you know, my children touch it all the time and it doesn't respond. So yeah, there'd be such a limited number or, or you'd have to come up with some whole new way of interacting that kind of simulated that or you'd have to have a whole new set of apps specifically for the Apple TV device. Totally, totally. But, I mean, they do have a remote control for it. So, 
you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that people might actually just change the interfaces uh, to use the remote control as opposed to, as you say, taking the television off the stand and tilting it. Yeah, but I think they're yeah. in that danger of, of, you know, as an app developer saying, okay, well, I've got to create a sli- slightly different version for the iPad, yeah. and a slightly different version for the iPhone, slightly different version for the 12 people that own an Apple TV. Oh, come on. Try harder. <laughs> there are people out here that want this thing. I think, I mean, someone's going to jailbreak the thing, right? They'll, they'll do that. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to go to the uh, sports store and buy a hockey puck, put that on my, under my television, yeah, and uh, tell people that's an Apple TV. Because it, it looks beautiful, don't you think? It's, well, I- I've ordered one. You, you're kidding oh, me. No, I'm not, <laughs> you're kidding I'm me. Not, I'm not kidding you. you what have you ordered one for? <laughs> well, Are you mental? <laughs> I have to say that I, it, when it, I've always wanted an Apple TV, but I didn't want to pay like $500 yeah, for it because you know, it came with all the stuff. Yeah. And it was quite big, so it was very hard to hide from the wife. Um, whereas the new one's quite small, and I think she'll hardly notice it. Um, and, but it, it, for me, and I think this is kind of an interesting thing that we could talk about, and I'm sure other people have got very similar um, stories to tell. It's a long... Uh, trail of devices that I've installed in my living room yes. to try and get computer media to play on my television. And uh, you think the Apple TV is going to improve that? I think so, because cause for me, what I found was it's not the technology that actually lets you down. You know, yeah. It's the interface. It's the experience, It's Richard. the experience. And Apple understand the experience. <laughs> if there's anything that I, I love about Apple is the fact that they care about the user. They care about me. And they want me to pay for that. I'm happy to do that generally. But, uh, yeah, the, the Apple TV thing still leaves me a bit cold, which is kind of strange coming from me as a bit of an Apple fanboy. But, you know, that, that is one device I'm just waiting until it's flexible enough for me. Uh, are you, so what are you going to do? You're going to get your, your media content, your DVDs, uh, your Blu-rays, and you're going to rip them and put them into iTunes so you can stream them to this thing? Well, no, or are you going to buy I, stuff? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rip it because that, that's, that's illegal. Uh, but, uh, format shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that's ultimately my intention. Okay, uh, and particularly yeah. around the music side, what I found um, in the past, and again, maybe your experience of streaming media was different. But I've had. Um, I was thinking back on this. This is my fifth device I will have owned to try and achieve this outcome. Yeah. Uh, so I've had a little portable uh, two and a half inch drive that also plays media. I've had the Seagate uh, Free Agent Theatre. Oh, I've yeah. I've got the Seagate, Seagate Free Agent Theatre Plus. <laughs> um, and, and in all these situations, you know, you get it going. And, you know, I know in the past we've talked about this concept of wife-friendly. Yeah. A little bit of a sexist yeah. term, but it's yeah. that whole, you know, does your wife look at it and go, oh, I could use well, that. wife accepts and, and so yeah. And so, you know, I've gone through and I've shown, look, and she can see it playing. She goes, that's really good. How do I do that? And you go, well, it's really neat what you do is you've kind of got this file system-based interface, and so under the C drive, yeah. there's, like, music. Yeah, that won't work. Music, yeah. there's, like, types of music, and then there's art, and, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, she's eyes gone. glazed over. She's yeah, glazed yeah, over yeah. by that point. The kids have figured it out, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you line, you know, you talk about yeah. DVDs, where it's like, and then you've got to find the right IFO file, and then you just start the right... <laughs> yeah, give me IFO. the damn disc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, it, and they've got better over time, but they still... Mm. Compared to the iTunes experience, they're just pretty weak. And if, if you look at the fact that the Apple TV is going to use work with the remote um, the remote software yeah. for the, yeah, for the well. iPod, yep. um, then you know, I, th- okay. I think it's going to be a good device. Well, you, hey, look, um, I'm all for you putting your good cash and hard-earned money on that. Uh, I'm personally going to wait a little bit longer. I, we're, we're very eager to hear what your experience is going to be like. When does it ship? 
September. Yeah, it is September right now. So later in September. Apple are not always exacting. Oh, look, that would be pretty good for me, actually. Um, the last thing I got was this beautiful uh, Magic Trackpad, which uh, I just want to show off. Oh, sorry, uh, I thought that was a coaster. <laughs> um, I love this thing. As you will notice, my mouse, my Mighty Mouse, is uh, no longer uh, used at the moment. It's currently sitting under the little uh, Mac. Uh, I, I think this Magic Trackpad is fantastic. It's really it's replaced my use of the mouse at home. I find it um, really versatile. I love the gestures, like two-fingered initial scrolling up and down, three fingers, uh, you know, back page, uh, forward page in a web browser, uh, four-fingered um, expose, and uh, you know, clear your desktop just by you know swishing it around. It's just fantastic. It is truly magical. And uh, you were asking me about what the battery power was like. I, I insist that it doesn't actually have any batteries. It's just using the uh, reality distortion field from Steve Jobs. It's, 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 it's great. I mean, uh, you don't look so You don't look so Richard. But this is fantastic. It's beautiful. I can tell you, I tell you love it because there's a couple of reasons. One is you put it so far away that I can't touch it. <laughs> yeah, you're not touching this. And, you, and you're not like offering to let me touch it. Can I? Uh, can yeah, I just... Okay, but don't mess up the computer because we're recording. This is live, folks. And uh, this is very dangerous to allow someone to touch someone else's magic trackpad. No, no, you, you don't. You're not using it right. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's so. put that back. No, no, you do have to learn. You have to actually learn some of the new gestures. Um, they're sometimes application specific. Uh, and, and does it work with Windows? Uh, I haven't tried. I'm not, probably not about to actually. Yeah, uh, probably it, it does. No, 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 no. I just thought there were drivers for this thing for Windows. Uh, I didn't think there was. Yeah. Look, why would you want to? You know, it's made for macOS. Now, it was also slightly conceivable that you could control something like the uh, Apple TV with something like this. I don't think it would work, personally, because as you were saying... Well, it doesn't have an accelerometer, but if it did, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, you could tell. But uh, in terms of trying to simulate a little bit of that touch interface, but, you know, it's a little bit different trying to touch something remotely than touching it directly, which the iPad and iPhone are, are really good at. So I don't know. I, I'm I am interested in what you're doing. I'm I, I'm, I'm frankly s- really surprised that you went and bought one sight unseen. Um, I think you're in for yeah, a, a bit of pain, especially in converting everything and sticking to iTunes. I don't really like iTunes. I hate iTunes with a bit of a passion. Actually, I love most of what Apple does, but you got to admit iTunes is a bit of a dog. You're speechless. Okay. You're speechless. No, Sorry, no. you've got back to bagging iTunes. I was still thinking about your trackpad. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, the trackpad's great. Nothing, nothing else to see and talk about there. Yeah, that's actually true, and I think that, that was where I was struggling. Was right. yes, it, it's very nice, and it looks like a coaster, <laughs> uh, and you can strike. You know, you can kind of rub your fingers over it. Yeah. But otherwise, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not getting it. It's an input device, Richard. It it, it lets me get one inch closer between me and the machine. I'm communing with my computer in ways that I couldn't do. With my mouse. Okay. And actually, no, I mean, like most people who use computers a lot, you tend to get sore hands, right? Yeah. You know? So yeah. I quite like the fact that it, um, I'm not having to grip the mighty mouse. Okay. Yeah. So no, I... I Good. You can borrow sometime if you want. Sure. You know, give it a go. Sure. I like I'll it. get those Windows drivers. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> by the way, has a Mac at home. So I he, he yeah. kind of just pretend, And he's got an iPhone and an iPad. So. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, you know how we were talking about the Martin Jetpack a couple of weeks yes, ago? Yes, you were. Yep. I actually uh, went to a lecture that Glenn Martin, who was the founder of Martin Jetpacks, uh, he did it in the Paramount Theatre last uh, earlier this week on Wednesday night. It was a, 
it was an engineering kind of lecture sponsored by IPNs. I don't actually know who IPNs are, but I think yeah. they're some kind of professional, professional engineering, engineering group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was just amazing. It was a really fantastic little talk from a guy that's obviously just a complete boffin scientist, um, you know, almost a bit of a madman, really, to spend the last 30 years of his life building this jetpack. And we, we can buy one one day. It's probably going to be about, uh, I think, 100,000 US or maybe it was 200000 It was going to be a lot of money. Uh, it's good that you didn't focus on the price. You weren't hung up on the price. No, I whatever just, it's going to be. It was the dream. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is, that, firstly, that is my boyhood, childhood dream of being able to fly a jetpack. But the really exciting thing is that I'm not going to buy one, but they are actually having some tourism-type things are sitting up where you can actually go and fly one for, you know, five minutes. Uh, and you do a little simulated thing, which is actually quite cute, where they've actually set up a... A kind of a little dummy jetpack, and they've attached it at Microsoft Simulator. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, you can land it like in the Hudson River and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think we should organise that as a geek trip out one day, right. probably in about another year's time when they actually get this. Um, when they rebuilt weekend. Christchurch. Oh yeah, actually, and thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we should. Yeah, I don't know if we've got any international uh, listeners, but yeah, Christchurch did have a bit of a bit of earthquake last weekend. We're thinking about them. If anyone's actually listening to us from yeah, Christchurch, we yeah. uh, we're not too sure if we're going to help you at all or make you feel any better. But um, yeah, you know, we're thinking about you. Exactly. Right. So, oh, what do you think of the iPods? Are you? Do you have an iPod? You've got an iPod. I've got an iPod. Yes. Well, no, I don't mean an well, iPod Touch. You've got a classic iPod. I've seen it. You almost hit me with it once. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a yeah, I've got a classic iPod, and I've got an iPod Touch, and I've got an iPhone. Do you use your and I've got iPod? An iPad. Do you use your iPod classicy thing? No. Why not? Um, why would I? Oh, I don't know because you know it's just. Well, what is it in like your museum? Or I something? no, you I, used did, to use I did. I did. I did use it for a while after I got the iPhone because I thought, oh, yeah, you know, it's got much more music on it, yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff, and you know. But then you kind of get used to the iPhone, you know, you're having the ability to answer phone calls, you know, that's kind of a neat feature for me. You probably don't use the standard Apple I earbuds, do you? Oh, I can't. They don't fit my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so for, actually, for all my talking up of Apple... Okay, so you don't like space, iTunes and you hate, don't like the earphones. Well, it's not that I don't like them. Well, actually, I don't like them, but I can't fit them in my ears. So yeah. uh, what sort of earphones do you use? The Apple ones. Oh, okay. Because I can answer the phone, you know, if the phone comes through and you know, that kind of stuff. That's I'm kind of, missing out. Yeah. I'm missing out on that. So, yeah, that's the one thing that I was thinking I might have to buy, which are a pair of um, earphones with that little remote yeah. control thing. That's good. I've actually struggled with the whole answering the telephone on the iPhone. Cause well, you do, because if you don't have the right ones, you're going to kind of like rip it, yeah. rip the mm. rip things out and try and answer it, and you, you know, it ends up in a heck of a mess. But. Yeah. Well, it's, it was just kind of confusing yeah. that it was a phone and I wasn't But really I thought, of, of the new iPods, you know, the, the new iPod Touch was kind of what everybody sort of yeah. expected. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of like the new, um, the new Nanos. The little square ones you can kind of clip on your clothes and you can walk oh, yeah. around and it's got a little... It's got a screen just big enough to be a sort of a badge, so it kind of like I'm listening to some <laughs> sucky band right yeah. now, you know, like ABBA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure I'd use that feature. And, and it's kind of got a little bit of the touch interface. You yeah. can scroll. I, I, I don't it know. looks too small, and yeah, they it took away the video stuff. And well, the I, thought it was, I thought it was quite funny that they had to put buttons back on the... On the shuffle. On the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. I've got... Uh, I got given a couple of those old shuffles, and they are really difficult to use. Yeah, the voice uh, control button. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Couldn't even figure out how to use it. You, there's a button that you do click multiple times, and it's just really difficult. They yeah. just went a bit too far. Actually, I, yeah, I think Apple made some mistakes there. 
It's sort of strange. I'm kind of. So uh, you don't like those. No, you don't, don't like iTunes, and you don't like their headphones. <laughs> yeah, but I, oh, we're starting, <laughs> we're starting to unravel a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we are. The fanboy, a bit of Apple angst there, but yeah. I, I love the Magic Trackpad. Hey, hey, uh, Richard. Um, actually, I want to share with our listeners something that actually caused a, a, a great division between the Ministry of Geek uh, early this week. Which is <laughs> Richard's? He, he, oh, no, he's no. looking very grumpy. No, here. no, no. I I wanted to talk about how Star Wars was coming to Blu-ray, and Richard, of course, retorted with "Blue what?" Uh, but you know, to me, as a geek, uh, as a sci-fi lover, this is a really big thing for me. I'm so much looking forward to finally having. Well, actually, I've got Star Wars in HD, and uh, and I've spent. It's almost been like a life's quest, uh, trying to get um, sort of fan rips of. Star Wars recorded from high definition television from other parts of the world and getting into a format that I can play on my PS3. And I literally spent like a good 12 months hunting down these things off the internet, getting them, um, you know, re-multiplexed and reconverted and all sorts of things just so I can play it on my PS3. And now bloody George Lucas has gone and released them on Blu-ray. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to feel compelled to actually buy at least the, you know, the original trilogy. But uh, you're looking at me, Richard. You don't think this is a big one deal? born every minute, isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, the original fil- the original films they were shot, you know, with a handy cam. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, all that high definition stuff, you know. You don't get it. It's just Star Wars. It's yeah. the same film. Oh. Maybe it'll insert twelve extra seconds where there's an extra Muppet. No. <laughs> ah, puppet. I mean, whatever. Whatever those. Yeah. You know, uh, Ewok. Ewok. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe. Yeah. Are you telling me that you the, must be the only geek in the world who doesn't like Star Wars? I I enjoyed Star Wars. They, you know, the first okay. three films were were entertaining. Yeah, okay. The, the last, last three, three films sucked, were yeah. yeah, they were yeah. painful. Yeah, I mean they they were kind of interesting in their own right. The first one, let's the Phantom Menace. We should just not even talk about that one. All right. Well, I'm genuinely excited. I know there's a, probably billions of people out there who are also genuinely well, excited. What we what we were trying to decide during the week was actually whether or not you know exactly. Which franchises were acceptable to discuss in this podcast and which weren't? Apparently, Doctor Who is oh. not, and that Lord of the Rings is not. Now, I wasn't going to challenge you on Lord of the Rings, but personally, I think Doctor Who. Well, you're the one who counts, and Doctor Who doesn't even really quite count as sci fi for me. But I will give you that, given that you allowed me to mention. How can it not? No, I'm not. <laughs> it's a children's show, Richard. So, Star Wars. Oh. Well, yeah, the one with the, the teddy bears and stuff. Okay, I'll. I'll I right. No, no. Enough. Doctor Who is <clears throat> is is sci-fi, yes. but I suppose it was partly also what we were talking about or trying to debate was: does this constitute geekhood and geekdom? Um, <clears throat> is it a necessary uh, requirement to, for example, like science fiction to be a geek, or if you, if indeed liking that kind of stuff makes you a nerd? And I think we decided to just back away from that whole debate, lest we, we hurt did. each other's feelings yes. and, and uh, alienate half of our listeners. <laughs> oh, we've never been worried about that. No, that's true. Yeah. No, that is true. Hey, uh, oh, see that. See that document just whipped up and down the screen when you when you stroked your hand. All oh, right, that. yeah, yeah. There's no control there, is there? Uh, people, we're using uh, Google Docs. We use Google Docs as our um, kind of real time collaboration tool. So even though Richard thinks they're evil, <laughs> <laughs> I you will recall from last. Yeah, night. they are evil, and I can bet you that they're scanning what we're typing into these documents and using it to parse all sorts of other secret things that we've got going on in our lives. So damn you, Google, and I'm going to put some really weird things in this document just to confound you. But we use Google Docs just to um, kind of communicate with each other in the intervening times of between podcasts, and we try to use it to coordinate our uh, discussion topics. It's kind of worked. 
Uh, we sync them to our iPads. And what are you doing, Richard? Uh, it was kind of, yeah. It's kind of weird, though, isn't it, when you think about it? Because uh, and, and this is the comment I made. So we, we were sort of writing... Yeah, I mean, the nature of these kind of collaboration tools is you can write a bit and I write a bit and then I'd highlight a bit to say which bit I'd written and then oh. you'd write a bit. And we kind of, you know, because it was kind of a list, we'd, we'd add new bits all over the place. And it was it was kind of like using Google Wave. It was. It and was uncannily. Oh, my like goodness. Yeah. I, I think I finally, finally thought of a use for Google Wave, but unfortunately they've, they've taken it away. Yeah. So, well, it, it, um, it was very difficult, though, because I didn't quite understand the protocol that Richard had implemented, which is a little bit like this podcast because we, we did get some comments from... Um, or some feedback from our listeners saying we've got to have some kind of uh, turn-taking protocol so we won't talk over each other, uh, which is, I think we're better this time. We're, we are, we're yes. learning to do this. We're actually using a, um, a, a little doll that we hand between each other, and you can yes. only speak if you've got the doll. Yes. You're not I mean, you were doll. talking about Star Wars. I was stabbing it with a pin. <laughs> Right. But anyway, so we're looking at this document because it helps us keep track of what our talk topics are. And yes, I grazed um, across the magic trackpad and that, with the initial scrolling, caused it to flick to the top of the screen. Yes. And uh, Rich has probably got a bit of nausea. Anyway, you want to talk about something? I did. I just wanted to, you know, one of those random things I thought I'd throw in, which is I wanted to talk about range anxiety. So if you haven't managed to work this into your your conversations this week, you can work this in. This is a term that... Yeah, General oh. Motors has come up with, uh, and they've applied for a trademark right. for the term range anxiety, meaning the fear suffered by battery car owners regarding their ability to get home again after a given journey. And I think that's great, because this is basically uh, GM and the Volt having a go at Tesla, because obviously the Volt actually has a, uh, a carbon-spewing engine in it for those times when your battery runs out. Oh, right. That's uh, right yes. And the Volt, uh, sorry, the, the Tesla uh, doesn't. Yeah, the, that Tesla, what's the sort of range on that thing? Can well, you... this is the difficult thing about battery cars. It really depends on how cold it is. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, and yeah. that makes a huge difference, by all, huge difference by all account. And, of course, the thing is, you know, if it's really cold, that's the time you don't really want it to stop. Mm, not that good in Wellington, I would have thought. Well, no, no yeah. yeah. Perhaps not the sort of Wellington temperatures, but certainly the, the sort of Seattle snow yeah, and stuff. Yeah, Colorado. That kind you of might things. discover that instead of going 100 miles, it goes 40. Hmm. Which... Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, we, we, we so can't afford those, you know, those cars anyway. into your conversations. Range anxiety. I think you'll be hearing a lot about that. <laughs> All right. I don't have any range anxiety with a diesel. I can go for like 800 kilometres between fills. So, yeah. you know, I think that we're pretty lucky here. Uh, hey, you sent me a link, Richard, about uh, this thing called Toshiba Libretto, which I think is just one of the craziest, most mental devices I've ever seen. And how you describe it, it's like a little no- n- um, notebook, uh, netbook, but it's actually got just screens isn't it well, no... in some ways it's a little bit like the nintendo ds but a massive one but, a, yeah. but a, well, not a massive one but certainly a much a much bigger one so yeah. this is a, a device where they've replaced the lower keypad with another touch screen right and so they've got a, a top touch screen and a bottom touch screen so it's like a traditional laptop or, or a netbook um and so sort of the semi-default behavior is for the bottom uh screen to act as a as a virtual keypad keypad yeah what does it run is it a windows so it's running windows 7 windows full 7? uh well full home premium uh so Do it's you making get a mouse? full you don't get a mouse uh so it's making full use of windows 7's uh touch. multi-touch no, oh, capability yeah. oh, and nobody seems to know touted <laughs> multi-touch capabilities <laughs> that nobody actually seems to know that much about right um but so it's a crazy device and what i thought was really interesting this didn't just come up in a you know like a tech news thing this actually came up on a scent so it was a product you can buy right now oh my god although it was listed as out of stock um and i did a little bit of research actually around this and um toshiba are not making huge numbers of these things because they're not in 
entirely sure whether anybody's going to buy one. <laughs> but they didn't want to kind of hold back. They wanted to... Um, bring it to market. They wanted to, to yeah. let the market decide whether the there's really side. demand. What's the price of one of these things? A thousand bucks? $2,000. $2,000. You do get a full 62 gigabytes of hard yeah. drive space and 2 gig of RAM. So... See that I when you showed me that I thought that was a little bit odd. Sixty-two gigabytes of hard disk space. Usually, like they go in increments of, well, you know, multiples of two, multiples of yeah. eight, or whatever. So it sounds like they've taken two gigabytes of the hard drive and just turned that into memory. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. Now I'll tell you what. I'm going to take your iPad. I'm going to take my iPad. We're going to stick them together in a little yep. clamshell, that, bit of oh, duct that's, tape, that's and we've basically it. got a libretto. We have. And this costs less than two thousand dollars. That's true. So, I don't know. That doesn't well, sound but like what, it's going I have to say, uh, yeah, so I was, again, I was looking at the reviews. Um, uh, but what I thought was really interesting, it has, and I'll see if I can get this term right, heptic, heptic, Hep- haptic. haptic feedback. So, I think that means you get... Uh, kind of get you, electrocuted when you touch it, is that... Uh, no, I think haptic just means you get some, t- uh, you know, tactile feedback, and that could be by it pushing back. It could be by electrocution. I don't think that would be a big seller for me, personally, but... And this is, uh, is that I was kind of excited because yeah. it's actually, you know, you know, we've been hearing about this technology for a while, but yeah. I haven't seen a device that actually has it, um, and it claims to have it. Yeah. Um, well, well, Richard, given your um, history of buying things sight unseen online, I challenge you to <laughs> to to purchase the Toshiba Libretto so that we can do a a review of it in the future. Well, I, I, you know, I was reading a review and I actually, I actually got quite excited. Oh, you're kidding me. And, and then the review kind of concluded <laughs> with, I can't think of anyone that would buy this other than somebody <laughs> that liked novelty gadgets. Yeah, well, that would be you. That would be you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, actually, hey, I never gave a rating for the Magic Trackpad. And oh, I remember we do from, ratings, do we? we do, remember our first uh, ever episode where you did the uh, Seagate Momentous... Oh, yes, uh, yes. ...you know, hybrid drive? Uh, we're doing these out of five. Okay. I'm, I'm giving the Magic Trackpad a four and a half out of five. Wow. That is actually equivalent to nine out of ten. Let's just, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for doing the maths. Uh, let's just uh, baseline that. How, what sort of rating would you give iTunes? Ah, oh, five. Out, no, out of ten. <laughs> five out of ten. Which would, sorry, which would make that... Uh, Two and a half. And on Windows? No, actually, no, I'm going to reduce. Well, I don't have any experience of iTunes on Windows. Okay, okay. I'm lucky. <laughs> um, actually, no, I would downgrade it to probably like a two out of five because okay. I'm, I've am i been finding that iTunes is just getting fatter and fatter and more bloated and I'm becoming... And ever since version 10, I don't know if you're using version 10, they've taken all the color out and it's all bled out and they've... Oh, it's just horrible. I, I want to go back. I, look, I don't upgrade to the latest version yeah, but you're of have products to. anymore. Right. Not since the, the iPhone OS 4 debacle. My phone still crashes randomly. I just upgraded to 4.1 tonight, and, uh, well, I haven't used it, but it seems okay in yeah, the off you've position. Got, you've got the one device that would appear they actually test it with. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to um, upgrading the second-generation iPod Touches that I've got because they went really slow with uh, OS 4. And in fact, what's your 3GS like? Uh, no, speed's okay, yeah. uh, but it does just randomly crash at times. They used to do that anyway, didn't it? No, it didn't. It was actually a very stable, oh, okay. stable device, and now it's not. Okay, so it's time to upgrade to a 4 then? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you love this thing, I, don't no. you? No? I've seen you. I actually prefer the old chat. I have to say the oh, new no. chat doesn't do the, it for me. The, the old one's like a chubby iPhone. Oh, but anyway, you know. No, I... Okay, each to the It's the, the kind of device that I think maybe if you like Star Wars, you might like it. <laughs> yeah, you're true. Yours looks a little bit like a sonic screwdriver. It does. <laughs> And that got him out of any number of any number of problems. Hey, I just um, picking up on things that we've talked about in the past. Um, I was in a uh, appliance store, 
Oh, as buying, you do. Uh, buying a pretty geeky thing, actually. I was, I was no. buying a tumble dryer. Oh, okay, yeah. But anyway, I talked to the salesman. I said to him, so, so tell me, do you, uh, do you sell mini 3D TVs? And he kind of, he kind of puffed up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Puffed up a little bit like a... And then he kind of deflated. <laughs> and he said, no, we, no. we actually don't. And then he actually said to me as we were walking out, he said... Bit of a gimmick, really? And I wouldn't recommend them either. Oh, really? Yeah, so he said that the only people that were actually buying them are kind of the early adopters who would... Frankly, buy anything. Yeah, um, yeah like Toshiba Librettos. Yeah. <laughs> or Apple TVs. <laughs> I was, You're going to regret not getting one. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm so glad that someone else that I know has actually bought one. Uh, and I'm of all the people in the entire world, I'm totally surprised that you've actually gone out and done that. It supports but I, I, full, full 720p. Yeah, cool. That's fantastic. I not, say that was the, only thing I did, the only thing, I, I have to admit, that I did kind of buy it without reading any of the specifications, oh. other than the price, um, and I was a little bit disappointed that it only supports 720p. What, like you really care? Does your television support 1080p? Yeah, of course. You're not going to notice the difference on 32 inches. I don't, mine's uh, are bigger than 32 inches. Well, anything less than 50. Just because you haven't got a full 1080p <laughs> TV? <laughs> Anyway, hey, we're not here about measuring Sorry, who's yes. bigger than who's, no, exactly. or who's higher resolution than who's. I, I frankly don't think it really matters. Uh, hey, we're uh, coming up to 29 minutes on the podcast, so we should look at probably wrapping things up, but we've always got time for a few more things, so I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, so... I, um, did I you just... bring in a, um, anything for the Gadget Graveyard, I, like last week? I didn't actually, but I, I thought I'd already covered off. One of the things was the the little media player. Oh, which um, ones? The, the, <laughs> all of the, the Generation 1, the first of them. Right. So, so in all fairness, I had, I had that. Then I had two of the Seagate devices, which I yep. do use today. Also bought a whole shuttle PC in the oh, belief that I would yep. use that as a yep. home media device. But, yeah. Well, the problem with so, those is they were effectively you know, computers connected to televisions. And I've done that. I've, I used to have this old um, Pentium 2 or Pentium 1. Or no, Pentium 3 computer uh, connected to the television. And realised it was really loud. Uh, I didn't want to have it on, on all the time. And then realised oh, I needed a keyboard and a mouse. It was yeah, just yeah. hopeless. I don't know. That shuttle PC, which presumably it would have been the same. same. Yeah. same. Well, no, I was going to control it via my uh, sure. iPad, VNC, or or via something. some wireless thing. Yeah, it was going to be cool. It would would have been the geek stream. Yeah, it would. yeah. I mean, I have to say, my family, well, no, my partner, she can uh, use the home theatre system. Uh, it's got multiple components, and I've not really tried to make it all seamless. I did. I have got one of those Logitech um, Harmony remotes. Actually, that's my gadget graveyard thing. Yeah. Terribly disappointed in that. Yeah. Uh, it was really great for the um, for about a weekend when I had all the macros programmed in, <clears throat> and then it's really never worked since. And I really can't be bothered going back to it. But anyway, what I was saying is my children, my children can't um, actually use the home theater system. So I found that to be really useful and preventing them from watching things that they uh, don't need to watch. Oops. Okay, listeners, uh, we're just coming back after a slight technical glitch. Um, I was just speaking about stuff, and Richard was looking at the um, at the monitor. Garage band. Yeah. and he had a look of horror, complete abject horror on his face, uh, suggesting that it was a bit like the guy on the Titanic, I guess. Hey, we're about to hit an iceberg. And I'm like, what, what, what are you looking at me like? This is all, this is all okay. And then, um, yeah, that music started in, which obviously wasn't supposed to happen. So we just paused things. Um, we might try and, you know, sort that out in post-production. You're yeah. right. Uh, but, yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, where were we at? We're, you were talking about um, media devices which have gone to the gadget graveyard, my Logitech remote, which I'm, you know, about to biff out the... Uh, 
Yeah, they were the kind deck. of disappointing. They, I mean, they, were, they were quite impressive in some ways, but they were poorly built. Cheap. Cheap and nasty. Cheap and nasty. I'm giving the Logitech Harmony Remote a <laughs> 2 out of 5. Two out it's of five. right up there with iTunes 10. Uh, hey, look, I just had, you know, we are getting towards the end. I just had one last thing. I promised to give a shout out to um, a group in Wellington called Make IT Work. Um, and what I like about this group is that um, they're just kind of, they're just getting there, bounce a few ideas around, just letting out some of the steam around how frustrating you know, IT can be and, and having a bit of a, just kind of a think about. Is that what we do? <laughs> Personally, I felt that if they ever solved anything, it would put me out of a job. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I just um, you know, I think if if you're in Wellington and you and you get the opportunity, and it sounds like the yeah. kind of group, um, we'll put a link on the blog um, and uh, get along. And is it, is it a, is it an industry group or is it just a whole bunch of um, you know weekend geeks who are into technology? And IT? I think I think mostly it's attracted people in the IT sector, but right. it has got project managers and program Ooh. managers as well as Ooh, I don't know if developers I and yeah, you know, it's a whole range of people that are kind of a little bit frustrated with how hard um, IT sometimes is to actually implement and make it work. Uh, I know yesterday they had like a, an unconference or a, all that kind of theme. They had seven speakers for seven minutes right. just on various yep. topics. So, you know, they're about being quite, yeah, you know, different. Qu- quite, well, yeah, quite different. And, and, quite different. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'd encourage people to give them a go. This is a bit of an unpodcast at times, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting those comments from With a lot some of random persons. music in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, it was all themed, so I, I don't feel bad about that. Okay. okay, so how long has that group been going for, Richard? They've been going for about a couple of months, actually. Yeah. Are you yeah. uh, involved with them in any great They just seem way? to schedule on really bad nights for me. Like uh, Thursday nights Thursday, podcasting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I, yeah, I've been meaning to get along, but um, I haven't got along yet. Um, but I know a couple of people that have gone along have been really positive about it, and they're, they're the kind of people that I that I respect. So, yeah, I think it's... Wow, yeah. people that Richard respects. Yeah. Respect. Respect. <laughs> yeah, they don't no, listen that... to Star Wars. No, <laughs> Listen to Star Wars. Listen, watch Star Wars. Oh like, my goodness, you've got a Yoda. I. What do you mean? I got a Yoda. Yoda's like the little mascot on my desk. Yeah. Okay. So we should probably wrap up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. Well, um, everybody, listeners, thanks for uh, geeking out with us. We're the Ministry of Geek. 